What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Death could not hold you, they'll torment for you. The silence, the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. powerful name it is what a powerful name it is the name of Jesus Christ my King what a powerful name it is nothing compares to this what a powerful name it is the name of Jesus what a beautiful What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't you love that name? Well, you should. It's your name, too. The first time that name was ever mentioned, a dead baby in his mother's womb jumped to life. Whenever you heard that name, what did it do to you? Oh, some of you, maybe the first time you heard it, it was used in vain. Someone associated it with cursing or this or that. But that wasn't really the first time your soul heard it. When your soul heard that name, it did something to you and changed you forever. And the effects are still ongoing to this very day, being changed by that wonderful name. Isn't it a privilege for us to be together today? Amen. So glad to see each of you and happy, happy that we can be here in this place that we've set aside to be able to worship the Lord. I'm sure the devils will be glad whenever we've got our own place because they're just trying to figure out what in the world is going on here in Holiday Inn. Well, as long as we're here, this is our place. Amen. That's right. And we're just thanking God for it, but we're believing the Lord that he's going to help us to be able to get our new place done and we can have our own place back. Nothing like being at home, are they? We're so blessed today for Brother Andrew to be with us, and we just want to open our hearts. I know all of you have needs, desires in your heart, things you need from the Lord, so we just want to ask him to help us, speak to us. No matter what you need, it doesn't really matter. You may look at your need compared to others, and you think it's so small, but I'm so glad the Lord doesn't categorize things in that way. I've heard from several last night and this morning that are dealing with sickness and flu and this and that and the other, so we certainly want to remember different ones that can't be here today. But we know that our Lord is, is so mindful of us. For many of you um, that maybe haven't heard, but Eugene is back in the um, hospice place over near in Bristol there, near the Bristol Medical Center. Lord willing, Brother Andrew and I be going to see him today. And if the Lord doesn't move for him, this may be our brother's going home time. So we certainly want you to be remembering him the family as well, that the Lord would just be with them and, and comfort them. He told me the other day when I went to see him, he said, I didn't really want to come here to hospice. He said, I don't want nobody to think I've lost faith. And I said, Brother Eugene, I don't know of anyone 
that would think that about you. You have been faithful. Amen. You've fought a good fight. Amen. You've kept the faith. That's what Amen. we believe in. Amen. Amen. So if it is time for our brother to go home, it'll be one of the happiest funerals that I've ever preached in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know why? Because his battle, his rage going on day after day, hour after hour, is over. I laid my hand over on his knee the other night as I was standing by his bed, and his knee was about the size of my elbow and my arm. That's how big his legs are. He looks so pitiful. Why could we not rejoice? For just beyond this life is a body that he'll never be sick again, never be weary, never be tired. It'll be a great homecoming. I don't think it's gonna be long, we'll all be gathered together anyway. That's right. So just remember them if you would. Let's just pray together. We're going to ask Brother Andrew if he'd come out and just give us what the Lord's placed on his heart. How many has a need or request on your heart today you'd like to be remembered? God bless you. Heavenly Father, as we stand here on this side of the veil, the way we look at death and uh, the resurrection and all that lays before us, there's still an element of uncertainty to us. And we don't know exactly what it's like. Someone asked me the other day, is there pain in the rapture? Will we hurt? What will happen? Uh, I couldn't rightly answer them because I don't know for sure myself. But I know it'll be in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Even for death, when a child of God goes, we know that you send someone down to the river for us. So we're praying, Lord, that if this is our brother's time, that you'd be mindful of him and Sister Janet, his son's family, church family. Lord, these are the needs and requests, as I mentioned, hearing from several in the last couple of days, some with flu, some with COVID, some with after effects of this and that and the other, but we pray that you'd be mindful of us all today, Jesus. Someone just telling me just a little bit ago that doctors are saying there's six different viruses that are going around right now. That's besides flu and COVID. So certainly the devil's on a rampage. But we believe in all hell goes to breaking loose. All heaven comes down. So we're just believing you to manifest yourself. And if we can look at it right, then these things we go through are opportunities of faith by which the supernatural can manifest itself. We've gathered here today, Lord, and we've come to worship, to sing, to pray, to praise. No doubt different needs. Maybe some are discouraged, some are weary. But whatever every person here needs today, we believe that you are more than able. By now, they've already met in Uganda, all kinds of little churches all over the countries and the cities. They've already met in Kenya. They've met in Europe. They've met in England. They've met in Norway. New Zealand, Australia. Many of them have met around the world and part of them now are streaming us because we're several hours behind them. So they've already testified that you was in their service today. So Lord God, we believe when this one's over, we'll be able to testify the same. Come today, Father. We ask that you would anoint our brother, help him to get out of the way, speak to us the words of life. We love you today, Jesus. Help us now, fathers, we open our hearts to the word of God. In Jesus' name. And the saints said, Amen. Let's sing together. He touched me. <clears throat> Praise the Lord.
no matter whether you need a physical touch, a spiritual touch, whatever you need, it all comes basically the same way. I've been listening to a sermon uh, preached in Chicago in 1961 called Getting in the Spirit. And it's a wonderful message if you haven't heard it in a while. And Brother Branham was talking about faith and our needs and the things that we have need of. And he said, many people try to reach for orchid faith. Orchid, orchid, the beautiful flower, you know what an orchid is. He said, they try to reach for orchid faith. But he said, the faith that you need is just the common everyday weed faith. Because hyssop was a weed that growed out of the walls, it growed out of rocks, it just growed everywhere. So we liken faith to being like a weed. He said the faith you need is the exact same faith that you start your car with. That you get in your car and you go somewhere. So what do we all do after church? We'll get our, our keys and maybe your car doesn't have even an ignition anymore. A lot of them don't. They just got a button, but you still got to have your thing there with you. And what do you do? By faith, you reach and push the button. Or by faith, you put the key and the ignition. I thought, how simple. And he said, people are trying to reach out for that when all you need is weed faith. Isn't that wonderful? But remember, the devil's got his weed killer. And he'll try to kill that faith of yours and make you think you ain't got it. But you know the very same faith that helps you get up every day, get you out of the bed, start your car, does this or that. It's that common. It's not some great something that I've got to reach way out yonder somewhere. It's just common, everyday faith. So let's reach out to him today with the faith that is growing out of the cracks of your walls. I was shackled by
morning amen that you can touch him and the greatest thing about it is he can touch you amen, amen. i believe a touch of the lord this morning would do more for us than any doctor or psychologist or uh, lawyer amen to be touched by him this morning would change everything amen we say god bless you all this morning i uh, feel the spirit of the lord here among us today don't you amen i believe he's brought us together for a purpose and that is to reveal himself to us and Amen, to manifest himself in our midst. And we want to greet you all this morning in the name of the Lord. And it's sure good to see everyone out this morning in the house of God. I know uh, there's a lot of sickness going around and things, but uh, amen to see those of you that can be here this morning. We, amen, have come under expectation. Amen. And if you have your Bibles today, we'll go straight to the Word. We want to read a few places in the New Testament. We want to look in the book of Romans, uh, the fifth chapter. And uh, while you're turning there this morning, I want to greet you on behalf of our pastor, brother. Sean Martin and the saints there at Faith Tabernacle in Blacksburg, Virginia, uh, send their greetings to you. I know uh, Brother Terry and Brother Amos would want us to be sure and greet you all for them this morning. So uh, we say God bless you from them, and we want to say we appreciate Brother Donnie and his friendship. And it's always an honor to be here and to come back home and uh, to see all the folks here and to be with Brother Donnie. We say God bless you and appreciate you and your stand for this word. And amen, I know you all are under anticipation for that new building any day. Amen. So, but we just want to look here this morning in the book of Romans, the fifth chapter. I want to look in the first verse. Uh, Paul here writing says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access. Somebody say access. By faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, Paul uses a word there, access, that I've been looking at. And if we could turn to Ephesians, uh, the second chapter. Ephesians, uh, the second chapter. And I want to look there in the 18th verse of Ephesians 2. He'll use this uh, same word again in Ephesians 2 and verse 18. He says, for through him we both have access by one spirit now in Romans 5 he said we had access by faith now he says we have access by one spirit unto the father and then if we could look at one other chapter the third chapter uh, in the 11th verse of Ephesians Paul again uh, uses that word again of access and in the 11th verse he says according to the eternal purpose how many is thankful to be called by the eternal purpose which he hath purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. So now he has added boldness and confidence to this access. Amen. Let's just bow our hearts together. How many would say, Lord, speak to me this morning? Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow our hearts before you this morning and humble our spirits in your presence, we are very well aware this morning that we are not here by ourselves. But Lord, there is a host of angels that's in this building today. 
Lord, there's an unseen force of the supernatural that has, Lord, assembled here as these believers have assembled here. Now, Father, as we join our faith together this morning and we have opened your word, and Lord, with physical strength, we have turned the pages and Lord, with the natural ability of our eyes, we've been able to read what the, what the word says upon the page. But Father, we're now inviting your spirit to come into this meeting. Lord, may you take supreme control. May you take preeminence among us today. And Lord, may the spiritual strength of God come into every heart and every life, Lord, that Father, you could open up what we're reading and it could be more than just a sermon. It could be more than a few quotes and scriptures, but Lord, it could become revelation. It could become substance in the lives of these believers. Now, Lord, I pray this morning you would send the spirit of revelation into the meeting. And Lord, may you drive out every spirit that's unlike the Holy Spirit. Lord, while the word is going forth, may healing take place in bodies, Lord. While the word is going forth, may deliverance take place. Father, for those that are at home this morning, Lord, sick in their bodies, Lord, even... Lord, those in our own family, Lord, my grandmother and other ones, I pray this morning that your grace as your word would go forth would just touch them, Lord, and you would raise them up, Father, for, Lord, you're still a healer. And, Lord, we'll be sure to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory, for it's in the wonderful name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And all the believer says, amen. amen. And amen. God bless you this morning as you can have your seats here this morning. I I want to, by the help of the Lord, to take care for a few moments and just uh, share a few things and pray that the Lord will give us the ability to uh, maybe draw you into the thoughts that have been upon our heart. But I want to speak to you by the help of the Lord on access uh, granted by the Spirit through the blood. Access uh, granted by the Spirit through the blood. I was listening to a tape the other day, and the prophet of God says this in 1953, how the angel come to me. He said, our heavenly Father, we come tonight to worship thee. How many's come to worship him today? He said, and we're thankful for the opportunity that we have of coming. He said, and through this channel of the Holy Spirit, which has been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, that we have access to the throne of grace through the name of Jesus, and we're so happy for it. Amen. He said, through this channel of the Holy Spirit, which has been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, we have access to the throne of grace through the name of Jesus, and we're so happy for it tonight. I, I truly believe that our access to God this morning, amen, is through the Spirit, and it comes by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, when you start looking at this word access, Webster says it is a means of approaching or entering a place. It is the right or the opportunity to use or to benefit from something. It is the right or the opportunity to approach or to see someone. So if you have access, then you have benefits. If you have access, then you have rights. If you have access, then you actually are entitled, amen, to go into what one is desiring to go into. And I find it amazing that in the age we're living in that people are always trying to find, amen, the easiest way to access something. You know, I'll say it to you like this, the age that we're living in, amen, it has become easier than any other age to access certain things. You know, uh, uh, you think just maybe here on the natural side for a minute, amen, maybe 20, 30 years ago, if you wanted to see a movie or you wanted to uh, see something, you had to go to the movie theater, had to go to the store, had to, amen, but now, amen, through the advancement of technology, we're now carrying cell phones, amen, that access to these things have been made easier than ever 
ever before. Now, amen, I know that you've all heard it said, and we probably uh, maybe even said it ourselves, that our young people today have access to more sin and ungodliness and wickedness and, amen, corruption and things of perversion than any generation before, and that is true because of the access that has been granted by technology. They no longer uh, have to go to the store to buy a, a dirty magazine, but now on a little cell phone, amen, you can access 10 times worse than what they were accessing 20 years ago, amen, in a, in a, in a store. But, amen, I'm not one that likes to leave things on the negative, but let's bring that to the positive. If this generation, amen, has more access to ungodliness and wickedness than I propose to you this morning, amen, that there is a group of young people on the face of the earth that has more access to the things of God than any generation before them. You say, how can you say that? Because now, according to what a prophet taught, we now have access, amen, to the full word. In the book of Revelation, the 10th chapter, the first verse, you know it by heart. It says, I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, amen, and he was clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was up on his head and his face as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire. Now you know Revelation 10.1 was none other than the mighty angel Jesus Christ, the angel of the covenant. You come to Revelation 10.7 and it says in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he shall begin to sound, amen, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. So amen, without Revelation 10.1 we do not have Revelation 10.7. Amen, because Revelation 10.1, the mighty angel, which was Christ, amen, was delivering to the seventh angel a message. And that message, amen, was not a bunch of opinions. It was not a bunch of creeds. It was not a bunch of dogmas. It was not a furtherance of religious tradition. Amen, but that message was the full word. The prophet of God said the last message of the last church age is not a reformer. He is a prophet, not a reformer. Amen, because the word of the Lord comes to the prophet. That's the reason that they could continue on in baptism and Father, Son, Holy Ghost and all these other things because they were reformers and not prophets. They were great men of God. They saw the need of the day. They lived in and God anointed them. They sent out there and tore those things to pieces. But the full word of God never come to them because they was not prophets. So without a prophet, we don't have the full word. I, I know this morning that you all here are very well taught in the message, but let me just, let me just share my heart with you. There has never been a time Amen. And I believe in all of time to say what a prophet said. Amen. Then the time that we're living in right now. Listen, our benefits are not coming because of what church we go to. They're not coming because of what family line we come out of. Amen. But the benefits that we are partaking of this morning, amen, is coming from the message of the hour. Without this message, we are a confused group of people. Without this message, we have no promise of a rapture. We have no promise of a resurrection. Amen. But with this message this morning, Amen, all things are possible to them that believe. Listen, I know people say, well, sometimes, amen, you say too much about a prophet, but let me say this. Amen, if you see who a prophet is, you'll see who you are. Amen, if you see that he was Eliezer, amen, then you'll see that you're Rebecca. And if you are Rebecca, then you're on your way to meet Isaac. Amen, and if he's not Eliezer, amen, then you are not Rebecca and you have no hope of seeing Isaac. Amen, but we are not here as a hopeless, helpless, amen, confused generation this morning. We have heard the voice of Eliezer and the voice of Eliezer has opened up the full word in this generation that we could be partakers of it. Listen, this is not a Lutheran age. Remember said this is not a Western age. He said it's been the same even through this Pentecostal age. But at the opening of those seven seals, Revelation 10, amen, the full word is to be born into manifestation again and then 
vindicated by the Spirit of God in the full strength that it was when he was here on earth, manifested in the same way, doing the same things that it did when it was here on earth. He says, what is it? It is Hebrews 13, 8. It is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, amen, today and forever. Come on, church, what is this full word? It is the fulfillment of Luke 17, 30, which said in the days when the Son of Man, amen, would be revealed from heaven, amen, there would be a body of people upon the earth that the revelation of the Son of Man would be taken preeminence in their flesh. Listen, I'll say it the way the prophet said, he that believes not the full word of God is a sinner. Now, what is a sinner? A sinner, amen, is not a sinner because they smoke. They are not a sinner because they drink. But according to the prophet, a sinner is a sinner, amen, because they disbelieve the word. Listen, if you're gonna overcome 200,000, thousand devils, it's not gonna come through Dr. Dobson. If you're gonna overcome 200,000, thousand devils, it's not going to come from charismatic influence. It's going to come from the full word that has been released in this generation, amen, to give you rapture and faith, to give you overcoming power, to give you rapturing favor. Listen, this morning we are not here gathered, amen, based upon man's ideas, but according to Isaiah, he said that precept must be upon precept, amen, and line must be upon line, and here a little and there a little. Remember, say, when a baby is conceived in the womb of a mother, when that one cell goes in there, another cell builds on top of that. It's not one cell of a human, and the next of a dog, and the next of a cat, and the next of something else, amen, from the first cell to the last, it's absolutely straight human being. He said, see, and when a man is born of the Spirit of God, he don't inject anything into his life. Amen. It's unadulterated word of God, vindicated for that hour. He takes the full word of God. He don't put no creeds or nothing else in it. It is purely unadulterated. It is God's word made manifest among us. Come on, church. Amen. This bride is not part Baptist and part Methodist and part Pentecostal and part Catholic and part Return and part Seven Thunder and part Perusia. Amen. This bride is a word-born bride. Amen. She's been born by the sale of the word of Almighty God. Listen, we're not here injecting our ideas in this message. We're not here watering this message down and diluting it with some type of idea. Amen. But there's a bride here this morning who is precept upon precept. She is line upon line. She is word upon word. She is manifesting Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. My, when I think about this, how, amen, could we not be happy to know that this morning we have the full word. How can we not be happy this morning? Listen, I know you got troubles. I know you got trials. I know you got situation. Amen. But I didn't come to tell you you got all those things. I come to tell you you got the full word. And if you got the full word, you got everything you need. If you got the full word, you got joy unspeakable and full of glory. If you got the full word, you got healing and peace and deliverance. He that believes not the full word is a sinner. Now, when you look at this full word according to the prophet and the token, he said the full obedience, amen, to the full word of God is what entitles us to the token. No other way is there that you can ever be entitled to the token until you fully obey the word. You'll never be entitled to the token until you fully obey the word. Fully obey what word? The full word. See, not what somebody is 
put into it or added to it, amen, but what God has said about it. Do you realize when a prophet come on the scene, amen, man had so injected so many ideas on the way into the things of God, amen, they had people joining churches, signing cards, putting their name on the church register, amen, but the full word said, amen, Jesus' first doctrine was, ye must be born again, amen, all the way, amen, back in the book of John, the third chapter, there was a man by Nicodemus, and he said, how can I go, amen, into the Father, how can I go, he said, a man must be born again, is it okay to preach this morning, a man must be born again, amen, let's say that together, you must be born again, amen, I don't care how revelated we got, that's still a principle, amen, we must be born again, and I'll tell you what will fix a lot of our problems is some new births, I'll tell you what will fix a lot of troubles is new birth, amen, creeds and reformations will never change a person, amen, but a new birth through the water and the blood and the spirit of Jesus Christ will take a sinner and make a son of God out of him. I'm going church, is there still power in the blood? Is there still power to take a drunk and make a preacher out of him? Is there still power to take a young man that is addicted to sin and the things of the world and set him free? I say there's still power in the birth of Jesus Christ. There's still power in the blood of Jesus Christ. He said, you must be born again. That don't mean jump up and down at the altar. That don't mean walk back there and shake hands with a pastor. That don't mean all this foolishness that we've seen done. It means putting, it don't mean putting your name on a church book. It means death to your first being and life to your second being. The new birth is death to the first being and it is life to the second being. It means that the blood has been applied and you're identified by the life of Jesus Christ. Now when you look at this, you realize this morning that God, amen, has given his believing children, amen, the promise of access. You say, what is that promise of access? I'll say it to you like this. It is that all things that are in Christ, amen, belong to you and you have access to them. All things that are in Christ belong to you and you have access to them. How many will agree that in Christ we have all things? I love what Paul says. He said, we, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely, amen, give us all things? Then this morning, church, amen, we are not earning all things. We are not buying all things, amen, but Christ, amen, through his death at Calvary, which was a propitiation for our sins. Amen. Through the blood, we have access to all things. Remember, say when the word, when the work is finished, we have all things again. What kind of all things? He said, we have all power. We have eternal life. We have eternal health. We have eternal youth. We have eternal power. He said, oh, we are just eternal with the eternal. We are eternal with the eternal. Then this morning, church, we are not trying to gain access, amen, but by the shed blood, amen, every man, woman, boy, and girl, amen, has got a right by the blood to come into the things of God. Well, the prophet said, he said, all things are ours. Now watch this. If all things are ours, then we have access to all things. He said, we're not wanting you to join a church. I'm asking you this one thing. Amen, we have in common. That is Jesus Christ. He is in common with us. We can't all be Baptists and we can't all be Methodists. We can't all be oneness or threeness or whatever. But there's one thing we have in common. That is the pardoning offer of God. Amen, his son, Jesus Christ, we have all things in 
in him. See, this morning the Christians, he says, does not realize, amen, what God has provided for them. Many people, he said, don't realize that the great and glorious powers, amen, has been provided for them. He said, coming into Jesus is like walking in the arcade down here at a great big department store. If somebody give me a great department store in the arcade and told me this is all yours, well, the first thing I'd do, I'd want to walk around in there and find out what I own because it was mine. He said, and that's the way it is in Christ. Amen. When you become a Christian, amen, walk around and find out what is yours, what you own, because all things are yours. They are given to you freely. Come on, come on, church. Amen. How long are some of y'all going to sit there and let other people around you walk around in their blessings and walk around? Well, we might as well preach it Sunday morning. Amen. How long are you going to sit there and let somebody else walk around in the revelation and walk around in the understanding? Come on, if you are a son of God, if you are a daughter of God, then your name is on the Lamb's book of life and by the authority of the word this morning, you've got every right, amen, to go in and possess, amen, what Christ died that you can have. Come on, if he said we can have joy, somebody start walking around in it. If he said we can have peace, amen, somebody start walking around. If he said we could have love, somebody start walking around. If he said we could have healing and miracles and signs and wonders and infallible proofs of his resurrection, then don't you think it's time, amen, for the church of the living God, amen, to put your walking shoes on and start walking in the blessings. Come on, church. You know what a prophet said? He said footsteps means possession. Come on, footsteps means possession. Every place that the sole of your foot sets upon, he says, that have I given you as a possession. Well, glory to God. It's time to walk around. It's time to see what has freely been given to us. Everything that Christ died for is yours. Every one of you. And you got a checkbook with Jesus' name signed across there. The problem is you're just scared to fill it out. Amen. But can I tell you this morning, there's never been one check, amen, bounced in the kingdom of God. There's never been one check, amen, returned insufficient funds in the kingdom of God. You got a check for you healing. You got to check for your prodigals. You got to check for your joy. You got to check for your health. How long are you going to sit there and say, well, someday, somehow, I say this morning, I say this hour, I say this day, this time has come upon you to move into the promises that God died for you to move into. There is only one way that we have access and that is not by our works. That is not by our church standing. That is not by our social standing. Paul said, amen, there is one body and there is one spirit and ye are called in one hope of your calling. I love what Brother says. He said, let that spirit that dominated his body and his mind control him come into us tonight and interpret the word and preach the word and give it to our hungry hearts as we wait on him. Then what that tells me is you are the body and he is the spirit you are the body and he is the spirit then the spirit of God is superior to all other spirits there is not one spirit that the spirit of God is inferior to the spirit of God is superior over rebellion the spirit of God is superior over witchcraft the spirit of God is superior over cancer the spirit of God is superior over organization come on church you know I'm telling you the truth amen the spirit of God amen will never 
never be defeated. The spirit of God will never be overcome because that spirit is the spirit that was in his body has returned in this body and we are living in the age when the spirit of God has dominated a body and that body is controlled by the word and in the only way they go is by the word. You got life this morning. You got a body, you got life in it. Listen, then you're moved by spirit. Now, when you think about this, we're living in a very odd time. Will you agree with me? It's a time when the prophet of God said, amen, that men can achieve the greatest thing. You know what the greatest thing to achieve is? Is life. Remember said the greatest thing, go over to heaven, talk to Father Abraham. He'll tell you the greatest thing there is to achieve is life. Now I want you to catch something. He says the greatest thing we can achieve is life. Then he turns around and says, but people are so dissatisfied with life. He said that they are trying to end their life. Think about that. Amen. The very thing, amen, that God through a prophet told this generation they could achieve, amen, was life. And then he turns around and says, but they're so dissatisfied satisfied, amen, with that life that they're trying to end their life. You know I'm telling you the truth. Amen, we got superheroes and superstars and and Hollywood idols and they've got millions up on top of millions up on top of billions of dollars and they're committing suicide and they're they're overdosing on pills. Amen, they got life amen, but it's a miserable life. They got got all this money. They, They got all this wealth amen, but in their soul is a cavern that is crying amen, for a satisfaction and the prophet said there's only one way that the human soul will ever be satisfied. That is not by creeds. That is not by traditions. That is not by religion. It is by the sanctifying blood of Jesus Christ. The only thing that will ever satisfy the craving in a man's heart is the blood. Now when you look at this, you realize that there's actually two types of life. There is a natural life and then there is a spiritual life. You know how the natural life comes? The natural life comes through, amen, what the prophet called the sexual blood. Now you say, how does the spiritual life come? Remember said the spiritual life comes, amen, through the blood of God. I love what Paul says. He said, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, then we are of all men most miserable. If in this life only thing we have, amen, is hope, we are of all men most miserable. But any man that is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. He is a new creature, amen, and he's not just living with a natural life from a natural father and a natural mother. Oh God, have mercy. But he is living with the spiritual DNA of the almighty God. Oh God. Come on, church. You're not the sons and daughters of a pauper. You are the sons and daughters of God. And your father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Your father walks on water. Your father turns water into wine. Your father raises the dead. Your father heals cancer. Your father provides. i tell you what David said. David said, I once was young. Amen. But now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread then quit living like paupers because you're not one. Quit living like spiritual welfare people because you're not on spiritual welfare. You have got a God who has got sufficient funds. He can satisfy whatever you write a check for. There is no money. There is no value in that sexual blood but through the blood of God. 
Are you hearing me? The access then to eternal life does not come through the sexual blood. It does not come through the religious blood. It comes through the perfect blood of Almighty God. When a man's born again, it won't do any good and he can't be born again. Listen, until life comes into him. Are you hearing me? He cannot be born again until life comes into him. Now watch this. I thought you had life. I thought everybody had life. They do, but the life he's talking about is not the natural life. It is the spiritual life. It is the eternal life. Now he says it like this. He said, now look at how God planned that. God is the male part that brought Jesus Christ here. Now God is a spirit, so there couldn't be any sex. There couldn't be any sexual desire because if it was then Jesus wasn't born a virgin birth. He said so God is a spirit. Now now, come on. I know we got a lot of <laughs> can I preach? I know we got a lot of religious people around us nowadays intellectuals that go around talking about how you can come into God and bypass the new birth. I'll tell you what that is. That's a doctrine of Cain that was originated in the Garden of Eden and I've got the guts to take a sword to that devil. Amen. Because you want to put young people in prison. Tell them they can get to God apart from the blood. You want to put them on a roller coaster every day? Tell them they can get in the bride apart from dying at the altar. Come on, church. I can tell you where the prophet put it in and you show me where he took it out. Amen. From 47 to 65, it was a new birth. It was the blood. It was a sanctified. And he comes in 1963 and says, now we've come through the water age. We've come through the blood age. But now we have come to the token age where the token must be on display because when the token is on display, then the covenant blood comes into full effect. Listen, I may be the craziest preacher you ever heard, but I'm gonna say it this morning. Without the blood, we're on our way to hell. Without the blood, we're everyone condemned. Without the blood, we have no future. But with the blood this morning, with the blood this morning, all things are possible. Come on now. Everyone of you sitting here this morning, including myself, well, let's just say what Brother Bram said. He said, you got a navel. You got a belly button. And if you got a belly button, you was born a renegade. I don't care what family, what church, what ministry. I don't care what you was raised under. If you was born with a belly button, you was born a renegade. Well, it's the truth anyhow. You might as well say amen. I don't care how much money you had in your bank account, you was born a renegade. Now listen, that sexual blood is what condemns us. That sexual blood is what keeps us out of the things of God. You know why? Because in that sexual blood, amen, come traits. In that blood, amen, things that was in generations, amen, 10 generations ago has been passed down through that sexual blood. And you, amen, through your first birth become a victim to what was in your family lineage for years. Now, you know, amen, a few years ago they actually said that alcoholism, amen, was not an actual, it was not an actual recreational problem. It was actually a trait that had been passed down through generations because one grandfather, then the next grandfather, then the father, then the son, and that alcohol trait was passed down. Listen, when you was born, you come here, according to a prophet, without a fighting chance. We everyone come here without a fighting chance. So we were born, amen, victims to our bloodline. We were born victims to whatever was in our family tree, amen, would come upon us and there wasn't one thing we could do about it. We couldn't bargain with the doctor. We couldn't bargain with our mother. We couldn't bargain with our father, amen, because it was a blood, amen, it was automatically passed down. 
Uh, come on, church. In that blood was a fallen nature. And listen, I don't care how beautiful that little baby is. Before long, give it time, that baby will display or he will manifest that fallen nature because he was brought here, amen, through a blood which was a sexual blood which goes all the way back to Genesis which separated God and man. Right? So that child will eventually, he will eventually manifest that fallen nature. Now watch this. When he gets older, he'll begin to hear about the things of God. He'll begin to, he'll begin to get around the things of God and they'll say, my, I wish I could go into that. I wish I could be a partaker of that. I wish I could access that. I wish I could have that blessing. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. And before long, they'll begin to feel condemned. Amen. Because of what is heaped up on them. Amen. Through the sexual, but listen, Amen. There's boys, amen, that are that are 15, 16 years old, and they go in a store and somebody treats them a different way. You know why? Because they know who that boy's daddy is. And they're holding it against that boy because that boy is of the bloodline of his of his daddy. But can I turn a corner now and say what a prophet said? He said, God is a spirit, and he overshadowed this Mary and created in her the blood cell that brought forth the Son of God, and it's through his holy blood that we we have access to life. Through the sexual blood, we had access to a perverted life. We had access to a natural life. But through the blood of Almighty God, which was a created blood, which come from a blood cell, through that blood, we have access to life. Are you ready for this? And the prophet said, and our sexual blood is dismissed. Well, glory to God. Our sexual blood is dismissed. Come on, church. Then this morning, you don't have to stay out of the things of God by your sexual blood. You can't come in. By your first birth, you can't come in. But by the second birth, glory to God, by the second birth, through the blood of God, by the blood cell of God, you have been given access into the promises of God, into the forgiveness of God. Oh my, we have the blood of Jesus Christ that stands for an atonement for our sins. Then we are not saved, he says, by our sexual blood. We are saved by the creative blood, by God's own blood, his self. Look what Paul says in Romans 5.10, for if when we were in we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Come on, church. Where was that life coming from? It was coming out of the blood. And where was that blood coming from? It was not coming from a Jew. It was not coming from a Gentile. That blood was coming from God. It was a creative blood. I wish I was a preacher this morning. It was a creative blood. Are you hearing me? It was a blood that through your first birth, there was no way you could possess it. I'm gonna through your first birth, you could come to church seven days a week and sit there condemned. Through your first birth, you could come to the house of God and hear the word and never rise up and put a footstep on that promise and a footstep on that promise. But what if I told you this morning that every one of you that's been born of the water and the blood and the spirit has got privileges, you've got rights, you've got access. 
into the provisions of God. By his life we shall be saved. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we now have received the atonement. Then the atonement did not come through the first blood. It did not come through the first birth, but through the second birth, through the second blood, through the created blood, we have received the atonement. Can I tell you what Brother Bram said? He said, how could there be a more perfect sacrifice than God himself becoming the atonement himself? When God was made flesh in his own created blood, only way that a life of God could ever come back because all of us were born by sex. Therefore, the life that's in there is of the world and that life will not stand. It's the thing that's already judged and condemned. You can't patch it up. You can't patch it up. You can't smooth it out. There's no way to make it better. It's got to die. Come on, church. What did Paul say in Romans 7? He, he, Brother Bram takes Romans 7 and preaches the invisible union of the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly bride. And what does he say? He says, your first husband must die. He said, not lay him aside, put him in a closet. He said, there's got to be a death to the first man so that the new husband, come on, church, can come into possession of his bride. And listen this morning, friends. Our first husband is not in a corner watching us waiting on us to fail but according to what a prophet said our first husband has died and we have been married to the new anointed word and by that word through the spirit and the blood we have access into all things that Christ died for what is it? It's got to die. That's the only requirement there is. It's got to die. Then let me ask you this morning, church, what did Paul say? He said, by the access, we have confidence and boldness. Can I ask you this morning, where does your boldness come from? Where does your boldness come from? Does your boldness come from what church you go to? Does your boldness come from what kind of clothes you're wearing? Does your boldness come by who your parents are and what businesses they own and what society groups they're a part of? I'll tell you what the Bible says. Our boldness comes by the blood. See, Paul said in Hebrews 10, 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness. Somebody say boldness. What did he say? Boldness to enter in to the holies, amen, of holies, by the blood of Jesus. Then what does access mean? It means to enter into something. It means to approach something. It means to become a part of something. Then by the blood this morning, we have a right to go into the holies of holies and by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us, amen, through the veil, that is to say he is flesh. Now look at this word boldness. It is a freedom in speaking. It is an unreservedness in speech. Amen, it is free and fearless confidence. It is a cheerful courage. It is an assurance. I love what Brother says. He said we was redeemed by the blood of God and now that blood cell, that's what gives us boldness to stand on his word. Listen, amen, if you're a, if you're a coward this morning, then the first question I'm gonna ask you is by what authority are you standing? If you're afraid to speak the word over the conditions of your life, then by what authority are you standing by? Amen, if you're standing by your first blood, then you'll be a yallaback coward. If you're standing by your first blood, you'll be asleep in church. You'll be waiting on the preacher to close. You'll be waiting to get out of here. But if you're standing by the blood of Almighty God, then that blood has released a boldness upon you. Come on, church. You say, Brother Andrew, I'd say amen, but I'm afraid the devil will condemn me. Well, the blood condemned the condemner. 
Brother Andrew, I'd worship, but I'm going to tell you this much. You don't know my past. You don't know what I've been involved in. You don't know the place I've been. I didn't ask you your past. I didn't ask you what you've been involved in. I told you there's a blood for you. There's a blood this morning, and that blood is a creative blood. It is an authoritative blood. It is a blood that releases a boldness to stand upon his word. He said that's what gives us boldness, amen, to walk in the face of demons and opposition because we know we're coming covered with the blood of the Lord Jesus, which is in the divine powers in the blood of the Lord Jesus. I'm not preaching to you by what I've done and who I am and how much I know. I'm preaching to you by the blood. Come on, church. Let's just go ahead and kick that devil out of here. These musicians, they're not up here playing because they got fancy talents. They're up here playing because they're covered by the blood. Brother Donnie's not preaching to you because of who he is and what position he holds. He's preaching to you because he's covered by the blood. If I was standing here this morning by the blood of my first birth, I would be of all men most miserable. I would be a weak and confused preacher. But because, hallelujah, because, Brother Jim, I'm under the blood, I've got an authority this morning to stand right here and say, Satan, take your hands off of God's property. By the blood, I've got an authority to say, house of hell, give way to the name of Jesus. By the blood, I've got an authority to lay my hands upon the sick and watch them recover. The boldness is coming by the blood. Come on, church. You say, Belander, I wish I could rise above it. You can. I wish I could get above this condemnation. You can. I wish I could get above this guilt. You can. I wish I could get above my first birth. You can. Well, Brother Andrew, you don't know my situation. You think a prophet of God sat down in 1964 in the month of July and counseled with a lady named Georgia Bruce based upon the blood of Charles and Ella Branham. Come on now, y'all know that, Ella. Remember said, my parents, Charles and Ella, he said, I was born of Branham, born of a natural birth, born of a sexual blood, and God would raise that man up to go around the world seven times challenging devils, witch doctors, I'm on now, you know it's the truth. Challenging all kinds of spirits, but he was standing there, Brother Mac, not with a confused look, but with a boldness. Come on, he said, listen, he said, when God anoints you, you're not made out of running material. He said, you're not anointed off the rock, amen, of Gibraltar. You're anointed off the rock of ages. Then a prophet could stand there, Brother Jack, night after night after night after night and face demons and opposition and criticism and false doctrines and spirits of intimidation and spirits of manipulation and never one time back up and say, well, we're gonna close out tonight and come back and try again tomorrow night. But he stood there night after night after or not. You know why? Because he was covered by the blood. And Brother John, that same blood has been released upon the church of the living God. Come on, word of life. You ain't got to back up and say, well, maybe we'll try again Wednesday. Maybe we'll try again next Sunday. Maybe we'll try when we get in the new building. I say right here this morning, there is a blood and that blood has got a voice and it's a voice of authority. Back that devil off of your property. You're covered by the blood. You got opposition, but you got the blood. You got demons against you, but you got the blood. 
I'm on Georgia Bruce. I'm on Georgia Bruce. If you stay in that condition, you're going to live condemned. Brother Donnie, I thought about something the other day. You imagine Georgia Bruce. They've been sitting there in the masterpiece before that private interview. You imagine her sitting there. Brother Jack, imagine if she would have went in there, sat down in that meeting without having that private interview and all the condemnation and all the pressure and all the guilt hanging over her. But God allowed a prophet to catch her before the service and record it on a tape and send it around the world. And here's what he says. He said, Sister Georgia, don't, Sister Georgia, don't look at yourself. Sister Bruce, don't look at yourself. I'm fixing to pray for you. I'm not worthy of that. I think what would I do if Jesus Christ was sitting here now? What would he do if he was sitting here? He would lay his hands upon you and with his great faith, see, you'd get well. Well, I think, well, I'm a sinner. I'm not him, but I come to represent him. Come on, church. Amen. I come to represent him. Watch his language change, Brother Keith. But remember, me being a sinner and before God, I'm not a sinner. Well, I'm about to shout all by myself. You just sit there and watch me. Remember before God, I'm not a sinner. Listen, he didn't just leave it on a prophet. He said, and neither are you. Before God, I'm not a sinner. And neither are you. Come on, church. Some of y'all sitting here this morning under Bill Gaither's mentality. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. That's a good song to a Baptist. But to the bride of Jesus Christ, before you was a sinner, you was a son and daughter of God. Before you was trapped in humanity, your name was on the Lamb's book of life. Come on, church. I'm not preaching to a church full of sinners. I'm preaching to some redeemed, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, sanctified by the blood. Sons and daughters of the living God, rise up out of that sinner mentality. Rise up out of your past. Rise up out of that condemnation. Rise up out of that guilt. I'm not a sinner, and neither are you. I'm not a sinner and neither are you. You got a right to worship. You got a right to praise. You got a right to believe. You got a right to put your foot upon the head of that devil. I'm not a sinner and neither are you. We got a blood sacrifice laying there. God don't see us. He hears our voice but he sees the blood. He hears our voice, but he sees the blood. He sees the blood of his own son. It's our voice, Christ's blood. Then it's Christ that's talking through us. Oh God. It's Christ talking through us to God. Then a prophet has just told you, your voice has become the blood by the word. Come on, church. And the blood don't say I'm serpent seed. And the blood don't say I guess it's gonna fall apart. And the blood don't say I'm never gonna make it. But the blood quotes the word. And the word said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And the word and the blood and the family of God is all joined together under the authority of the token. Let somebody rejoice. I'm about to explode in here. 
Are you hearing me? He's not hearing your voice. He's hearing the blood. When you petition God, he's not hearing the voice of David Hare. He's hearing the voice of his own son through the blood. Come on, church. You're not under Abel's blood. Come on, Brother John, I'm about to preach myself happy. You're not under Abel's blood. There's a difference in Abel's blood and the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Abel cried. Come on, the blood of Abel cried. And the prophet God said when it was crying, you couldn't understand what was being said and there was nothing in the blood of Abel to cover those sins. He said, but according to Hebrews 12, through Jesus Christ, who is the covenant of a new covenant, who is the mediator, he said the blood don't cry, the blood speaks. The blood don't cry, the blood speaks. There is a difference in crying and speaking. Crying, you can't understand what's being said. Crying, you cannot articulate sounds, but when something speaks, when something speaks, it is an articulate sound. Oh God, I feel like shouting right now. It is a clear sound. It is a punctual sound. And this morning, church, the blood is not crying over you. The blood is speaking over you. And you know what the blood's saying? You've never even done it in the first place. You know what the blood is saying? Your old man is dead and you can marry this new anointed word. You know what the blood is saying? Your sins are in the sea of forgetfulness. Your iniquities are remembered no more. There's a blood. It's a powerful blood. It's a holy blood. It's a perfect blood. It's a creative blood. And Brother Michael, by that blood I say, I'm not a sinner and neither are you. What are you saying? I'm saying what a prophet told Georgie Bruce. Your mistakes are not looked at and neither are they lauded to you. Come on now. Brother David, you imagine, you imagine Georgia Bruce in that service. Brother JD, I bet she'd give the deacons a job that night. I bet she I bet I bet the deacons had her hand, their hands full of trying to control that woman because she has just heard the voice of a son of man that has spoke to her through the blood and said, Georgia, you're not a sinner, and neither am I. And she comes into a meeting and hears a prophet preach the masterpiece and goes all the way back to Eden and says it was marred and it was a fallen masterpiece. But in the end time, through the restoration of the plan of redemption by the blood, I will present what was in the Alpha. Be in the Omega. Brother, hold Georgia Bruce down then. I pray you tried. You know why? Because she caught more than a message. She caught more than a sermon. She caught a revelation by the blood. Brother Louis, I'm not a sinner. I'm not a sinner no more. I'm a daughter of God. Listen, I'm after a devil, and you can sit there and watch me. I'm going to get him. You need to quit letting these services go by you. You need to quit sitting back and let the devil say, well, someday, some hour, sometime, you'll get good enough to become a part of this message. I resent that devil in the name of Jesus Christ. I charge that devil. Satan, take your hands off of God's property. I loose them by the blood. It's a holy blood. Come on, church. Anybody got a right in Johnson City to dance in the spirit and to shout? It's the bride. The blood has released you. What are you saying, preacher? 
I'm saying this access, this access is not in the future. It's right here this morning. Come on. This access is not coming. Now, Brother Donnie, I know you've heard him say it. Someday, some hour, sometime, when Brother Bram comes back, he's going to set up a tent. A guy told me not long ago, kind of funny. He told me, he said, yeah. He said, you, you young preachers all fired up preaching about this bride's revival. He said, sad thing is you can't have revival until Brother Bram comes back to the tabernacle. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, he said, according to Brother Bram, he's got to come back to the tabernacle and he's got to preach the seventh seal and open it. I said, funny thing to me is, sir, is if he did come back, he'd go to the Branham Tabernacle and there wouldn't be nobody there because they turned it into a museum. Well, we might as well preach. I'm not a sissy, I'm a preacher. That's a devil from the pits of hell to take the most powerful message that's ever hit the face of the earth and lock it in a creed of misunderstanding through a voice of a prophet. But I say this morning, the bride's revival's not coming. You're in the middle of the greatest revival that is ever gonna hit the face of the earth. This bride's revival's not coming. The seventh seal is open. The blood is applied. We're under the token. It's the evening time. And the third pull is in the bride. That's a devil to put this in the future. It's a Roman Catholicism spirit. Well, we might as well preach, hadn't we? It's a Catholicism spirit from the pits of hell. And if you want a pope over here, why don't you go get the original one? Well, it got quiet there, but I'll preach through it. If you want a man over you, go get the original. But this bride is not under the headship of the finite mind of a man. She is under the headship of the word, the full word. Well, that devil's mad and I'm glad. I said, that devil's mad and I'm glad. This ain't in the past and it's not in the future. It's in your present. Well, someday, some hour, sometime, if not now, tell me when. Come on, if not now, tell me when. Well, somebody, Brother Andrew, Brother Pete, if not you, then tell me who. Come on, this is not in the future. It's right here in Holiday Inn on a Sunday morning. The full word is walking the aisles of this building. With a Pentecostal blessing. Listen, when healing is supposed to be here is now. What about John when he says now we are the sons of God? Now I'll go, I'll go a distance with you on that idea. Well, Brother Andrew, you can't preach the present tense now because the Bible says, the Bible says we don't know what will be, but we shall be like him. Well, thank you. You answered your question. See, I'm not educated. I'm a... I'm just an old country boy from the hills of East Tennessee. I'm not educated. I don't know how to break this stuff down. Only thing I know how to say is what a prophet said. And a prophet said, we shall be like him. Then listen, it's a devil. Come on, church. It's a devil to rob you of what's going on in the present while looking at the future. But the prophet said, may the same anointing that dropped down on Abraham drop in this building tonight and bring the people to a present knowledge that Jehovah of the Bible is in the midst of the church. What are you saying? I'm saying now. Somebody say now. 
Now Jesus Christ is here in the form of the Holy Ghost with all the divine gifts in the body of Christ being made manifest. Men look back and see what God done. Look forward to what God's going to do. He said, what are they doing? They're looking back at Pentecost and they're looking forward to the millennium. He said, but watch. And they are ignoring this very being in the presence of his people making ready for that millennium. Come on, church. Luke 17, 30 comes after the Son of God before the Son of David and Son of Man returns in the age when the fullness of all things would come under a voice of restoration to prepare the people. Come on, church. They're looking for the millennium and missing the preparation time. Well, the prophet God said right now is when he's preparing you for the millennium. Now can we preach? Can, well, can we preach this morning? Can we preach right now? He's preparing you for the millennium. See, oh my, they ignored. It. It's just the nature of people to do that. Satan gets among them to hide their eyes from the very thing that God has sent to them. You go to church as much as you want to, do whatever you wish to do, but ignore the very things that God has sent to us. What are you saying? I'm saying this access. Can I have a few more minutes? I'm saying this access I'm speaking of is a twofold access. It's an access, amen, where man wants to access God, but at the same time, God wants to access man. See, what the prophet of God say? He's pressing, trying to get into you and to move you, to move into you today. Now notice this, look what David says. Look what David says in Psalm 65, 4. He said, blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. There is a way then to approach all things. And there's a way to approach God. Listen, he says, and we must find the way. Somebody say the way. Not a way, but we must find the way to approach God. See, then Christ is not a way to approach God. According to John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, I am the life, I am the truth, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. So what are you saying? I'm saying it's not enough just to get in church. Come on now, it's not enough just to get around the message. We got an entire tape on in 1963, the token. Get under the token, get beneath the token. Come on now, you, you say, what are you talking about? Brother Bram said, on the day of the token come into effect, and Moses said, go put the blood over the doors. He said there were Jews downtown in the community stirring a pot of blood, talking about how much they believed in Jehovah and ridiculing the token message. He said, see, they had a knowledge of Jehovah, but they were not displaying the revelation of Jehovah. And there's an entire group of people, well, glory to God, might as well preach that now. There's an entire group of people sitting around the ranks of this message right now saying, well, Brother Andrew, I tell you what we need. We need emotion. We need shouting. We need worship. We need praise. And there's a whole other group that gets up and says, well, we don't need shouting. We don't need praise. We need the word. We need, we need intellectualism. And then, can I preach? And then you get guys get up and say, well, you know what I'm going to preach on? I'm going to preach on emotionalism versus worked up or worked up emotionalism versus intellectualism. Well, let me ask you something. Pray tell me where Brother Branham preached emotionalism versus 
versus intellectualism. I don't have a tape like all that, but I do have a tape called Christianity versus idolatry. You know, Brother Branham didn't make it a fight. It's a bunch of intellectual, backslidden preachers that don't want to stand with a prophet that made it a fight. They don't want no shouting. They don't want no screaming. They don't want no worship. They don't want no messy bursts around the altar because they don't want to stay past two o'clock and pray somebody through the Holy Ghost. Amen, but I'll tell you where that doctrine comes from. It comes from the pits of hell and there is no room in the bride of Jesus Christ for intellectual conversions. There is no room in the bride of Jesus Christ for a bunch of handshaking members. We've had enough hybrid, hotbed, amen, aristocratic church members. I'm ready to see some messiahs. I'm ready to see some young people on fire with the Holy Ghost. I'm ready to see the word be preached and the authority back up that word. Come on, church. Don't you back up off of your praise. Don't you back off of your worship. Don't you back off the anointing for some cold, formal, intellectual, backslidden, refrigerating preacher. Well, I got a sword out this morning. Are you hearing me? We're not coming a way. We're coming the way. In the words of my good friend Ron Spencer, refrigerated preachers produce ice cubes. Ice cubes. And they don't like no fire. You know why? When, oh God, when fire comes in the building, fire melts their aristocratic identity. Fire melts their dignity. Fire melts, oh, oh, they want somebody up in the pulpit that they can bring somebody to church and he don't sweat and he don't holler and he don't spit. I tell you what they want. They want a rich young ruler that can get up and say a few good points. But listen, good points ain't gonna put you in the rapture. But the power of the Holy Ghost coming in the church, not by worked up music, not by emotion, but by the preaching of the blood of Jesus Christ. I think that devil got out of here. It's not enough to get in church. You better get in Christ. It's not enough just to carry a spoken word book. You better get under the influence of what a prophet said. Well, Brother Andrew, I tell you what, we got to be careful. We got to be careful. We're just getting people to church. We're getting the message. Brother said, see, he said, we're not coming together to talk about the message. The message is Christ. He is the word. We are to get into it. Come on, church. Where does the shout come from? It comes from. It comes from the word. Where does the worship come from? The word. See, then we are to get underneath it. We are to get beneath it. See, then that's divine instruction from the seventh angel. Get into Christ. You say, how do I get into Christ? By one spirit, we're all baptized. Then how does Christ get into the church? Brother Bram says it like this. He says he's got a threefold purpose. It's Christ, the mystery of God revealed, right? He says, watch. He said the first fold is he reveals himself. The second fold, he takes preeminence in the body by the revelation of himself. And the third fold is he leads the bride body by the preeminent revelation of himself back to a Garden of Eden condition. Come on, church. We are not waiting for Christ to take possession of this church. He has taken possession of this church through the sounding of seven thunders, which was revealing the mind of Christ. What are you saying? I'm saying you are back in dominion and authority by the blood. I'm saying you got a right this morning to speak the word and go forward. 
I'm saying you got a right this morning to stay awake in church. Oh, I know. I know people say, well, you know, I just, I just, I just can't stay awake. Funny thing is they don't sleep at a ball game. <laughs> and the funny thing, uh, listen, I'm preaching. The funny thing is they don't sleep at Dollywood. And the funny thing is they don't sleep at Disney, but they come in the house of God and barely stay awake. You know why? Because they've just been around the message. But if you ever get in it, if you ever get underneath it, if you get off of a bunch of nonsense in the middle of the week and get your head in this message, it wouldn't be a foreign language when Brother Donnie quotes a quote. Well, glory to God, it's a truth anyhow. Come on, church. There ought to be some connections. We got, we got the books and the tapes. We shouldn't be sitting there saying, well, wow, where did he get that? Wow, who said that? Wow. No, there ought to be some connection. You know why? Because we're not just around it. It's not just a social gathering. We're under the influence of the revelation, the full word. Come on, and it's changing us. It's changing us. Come on, church. It's changing the way we talk. It's changing the way we preach. It's changing the way we sing. Oh, you know I'm telling you the truth. Get in the influence of UT one time. It'll change the way you look. You'll take blue blonde hair and paint it orange. You'll take a button-down shirt off and put a UT jersey on. Come on now. Come on. You know I'm preaching to you. I'm telling you the truth. Are you hearing me? You, you'll get under the influence of it. It'll change you. It'll change the way you act. Well, what about the revelation? of the message of the hour. I think it's time it ought to change the way we dress. I think high heel shoes and bobbed hair and painted faces ought to be out of the church. I think boys wearing shorts ought to be out of the church. Listen, I'm just preaching. Are you hearing me? It's the word or it's nothing. And I refuse to back off of the revelation that has penetrated this generation to bring a change in our conduct, to bring a change. Well, we might as well preach. You know what I think it's time to do? I think it's time to bring some Holy Ghost field and fire baptized, foot stomping religion back in the house of God and put every devil under our feet by the authority of the word. Come on, young ladies. Put that devil under your foot. Come on, young boys. Put that devil under your foot. Come on, preachers. Put that devil under your foot. The revelation of the age has taken preeminence in your body. What are you saying? I'm saying in closing this morning, you ain't got to back up. You ain't got to turn around. Christ, by the revelation of his word coming from the spirit through the blood, has taken possession. What does Revelation 3.20 say? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man knock, if any man hear my voice and will open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him. You know what Brother Ram said? He said that word sup means reveal. He said, I'll come in and I'll reveal myself that I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that revelation will put a people can I just go ahead and tell you what you are? It'll put a people in position that'll cause hell to tremble. Are you hearing me? It'll put a people in position that will cause hell to tremble. You say, Brother Andrew, who is this that is knocking? When somebody knocks, are you hearing me? When somebody knocks, they're knocking trying to gain access. When somebody knocks, they're trying to gain access. And the problem, come on now. 
The prophet said Christ was put out of his own church. He said he was standing at the door of the church, knocking, trying to gain access. He was trying to gain access into the heart of fallen humanity. This is what a prophet said. He said, just think, can I have a few minutes here and I'm closing. Y'all's pulling now, so I'm gonna preach a few minutes. I know some of y'all's already at Longhorn, but we're gonna finish this out. Just think this morning, for the king of glory, for the great I am, for the one who was in the burning bush, for the one who separated the waters at the Red Sea, for the one who spoke through Joshua and the sun stood still, for the one who formed the moon, the stars, got them in their sockets to shine, for the one who said Lazarus come forth and a man dead four days in the grave come to life again, for the one who went in the lion's den with Daniel and protected him from the lions, for the one who went in the fiery furnace with the three Hebrew children and fanned the fire from them for the one who stood and said I am the resurrection and I am the life and he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die he stands at the door of fallen humanity knocking trying to gain access to the soul but we turn that great important person away you know why because lordship means ownership. Now, you say, what are you saying? I'm saying he is the husbandman of the vine, right? I am the vine, ye are the branches. So the vine must have access to the branches. Brother said like this, he said it's the life of the vine manifesting itself through the branches. Brother, Brother Donnie, can I, can I read this quote? I was studying last night and the Lord just, Lord just opened this up to me. I think it'll be special to you. Who is this that's performing these miracles? Who is it that's doing these great works? Is the preacher? Is it Oral Roberts? Is it Billy Graham? Is it Jack Schuler? William Branham? Whoever it may be, they have nothing to do in it. They are the instruments. It's the Holy Spirit coming forth with the gospel and signs and wonders, miracles making ready a people and the air is charged with expectation with believers expecting him to come and others are saying, why these revivals? Why do we have it? Let's settle down to a church. Listen to this quote. I tell you, it ran through me. Why? It's been said in the church right here that when we started to build a new church, said we don't need miracles. We don't need these things anymore. You want them going out in the field where they happen. We don't need them here. When Branham Tabernacle stoops to that low place, it's sunk. This church is founded upon the principles and the power and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you ready for this? And as long as this tabernacle stands, may the glorious Holy Spirit find access to souls to save and fill with the Holy Ghost and heal the sick. To me, it's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, come on, we're alive. Amen. This church was founded upon miracles and the word and the power that I defy any devil that says, when you go in your new building, there can't be miracles. There can't be soul saint. That's a lying devil from the pits of hell. It's time to rise up and remember who you are. A church where the Messiah rules. A church where the word has preeminence. A church in position and authority under the spoken word, which is the original seed to speak. Can I leave you with this? You're a church founded upon the word released by the blood, saved through the death of Jesus Christ, 
restored by the voice of Malachi 4. In position to speak. In position to speak. I mean, those brother Brown preaches three messages called Speak to the Rock. Then he preaches Speak to the Mountain. Then he preaches a sermon called Why Cry? Why? The blood of Abel cries. But the blood of Jesus, the blood has put you in position to speak. Moses, you need water. Yes. Okay. Speak to the rock. Exodus 17, God told him to smite the rock. Numbers 20, God told him to speak. He smote the rock. The people stayed out of the land, and God said, Moses, I never anointed you to smite that rock the second time. You broke the type, but I did anoint you to speak. Then you go to Mark 11, and he says, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall nod unto this mountain, or, or wink at it, or give it a thumbs up, or kind of wait. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he noddeth. He shall have whatsoever he winks at her. You know, just kind of slightly. This brother Donnie know he's not asleep. He shall have whatsoever he saith. I'm going to tell you what a prophet said. You're a Christian. You have a right to any redemptive blessing that Jesus died for. It's already yours. <laughs> It's already paid for. You just have to believe it. Not imagine it, but believe it. And know that it's yours and you can possess it. He knew, Jesus, what would happen before. He could predict what would happen because he knew it would happen. And whatsoever he predicted come to pass. Now watch. Whatever God said, whatever he said rather, God honored. Whatever Jesus said, God brought it to pass. So he knew his words were God's words and that same scripture comes right back into us. Mark 11 is not just in a Bible this morning. It's in flesh. Speak to the rock, and God is the rock. Speak to the mountain, and the mountain is the obstacle. And before we can speak to the mountain, we've got to be on speaking terms with the rock. So it's good to know God. Get on speaking terms with him while there's nothing wrong. On speaking terms means you're with, you're with someone, you are quite friendly with them, and often talk to them, and are acquainted with them. And when you become born again, a personality of God, acquaintance, comes into you, and he knows, goes from the ridiculous to the sublime. What are you saying? I'm saying Adam spoke to the rock and the rock was in Eden. Noah spoke to the rock. Daniel spoke to the rock. Hebrew children spoke to the rock. Hagar spoke to the rock. Joshua spoke to the rock. Blind Bartimaeus spoke to the rock. The woman at the well spoke to the rock. Martha spoke to the rock. Jairus spoke to the rock. The disciples spoke to the rock. He said on the water that night because the rock walks on water. Can you speak to the rock tonight? Are you on speaking terms with him? That scripture is to return into you again.
Listen, friends, it's time for the devil to take his hands off your vocal cords. It's time to speak. You've been anointed to. Let our musicians come this morning. If you was under your sexual blood by your mother and father, you have no authority to speak this morning. You have ever right to be scared to take God at his word. You have ever right to sit here afraid this morning if you're under that sexual blood. But the sexual blood has been dismissed. The spirit of God. Y'all forgive me this morning. The spirit of God. See the revelation of Christ has taken possession in a body. And put you in position to speak. Listen, if I was the devil, I'd fight you too. If, if I was the devil, I'd do everything I could to stop you from getting to the house of God. Brother Donnie, if I was the devil, I'd do everything I could to stop you from preaching. Are you hearing me? How long have we sat back and underestimated the force of who we are? By the word. By the blood. You're in position to speak this morning. Let our musicians stand, or our, our people stand. Do you see this morning? You're not a sinner, and neither am I. You're not a sinner, and neither am I. Then what am I? You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. You said, Brother Andrew, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Well, I happen to know you are. How do you know that? The word. And I've been listening to a prophet. And you know what he said? He said, I've already seen you there. See, this morning, friends, some of y'all sitting right here this morning, right now, need to speak, and you're scared to death too. You know why? Because that old devil's telling you, well, you did this, and you did that, and you did this, and you did that. You went here and you looked at that and you was a part of this. But can I tell you what that devil is? He's a bluff. Can I tell you what else that devil is? He's defeated. And I'll tell you what a prophet said. He said, Satan is defeated and he knows it. Satan knows he's defeated. And some of y'all sitting right here now question whether you're victorious or not. See, it's the word. It's the word. You're not victorious by your blood. You're not victorious by who your parents are. You're victorious by the word. What if I told you this morning everything you had need of is right here in this building? What if I told you this morning you don't have to leave here like you come? Listen, I know if you're spiritual here this morning, you pick up on the, on the change in the atmosphere in this building right now. It's not me. It's him. It's not me. It's his word. See, you're trying to work your way into it. You're trying to get good enough and get in a better position to ask God for what you need. But I tell you this morning, you don't have to ask God. You don't have to get good enough. I'm not saying you don't have to ask God. You don't have to get good enough to ask God. You'll never get good enough. Can you accept what's already been done for you? You say, Brother Andrew, the price is, the price is pretty, pretty high. Can you accept the fact it's already been paid for? Back, back in July, a few, 
a few days or back in July, I can't remember when it was. Anyhow, I went with my Uncle Tim and cousin Titus Riley. We went down to uh, Dollywood. I don't get all judgmental about Dollywood because you play golf. <laughs> we, we went down to Dollywood and we got down there. It was pulling up. We was getting close to the park. And I, I was looking at my phone. I said, man, it's been a few days since I've been here. These tickets have gone up. And I was just fixing to pay. I was just fixing to click it on the, on, the, on the phone and buy the ticket. And Michael Tim spoke to me. He said, wait a minute. Don't, don't buy that. I said, well, how else am I going to get in the park? He said, no, I got a pass. I got a pass and you can use it. Well, what have I got to pay for? It's free. Well, what have I got to do? You've got to accept it. You've got to accept the token. It's free. And with that pass, you get access into all things. What if I told you this morning, church? You got a pass. You got a pass this morning. Some of y'all, it's been years since you got lost in the presence of God. But you got a pass this morning. Some of y'all been fighting mind battles so hard, the devil's tried to get you to give up and give up and give up and give up. But you got a pass this morning. Where to, Brother Andrew? Into the presence of Jehovah. Under a creative blood cell. Listen, I'm not a sinner. And neither are you. He don't see your sins, Josiah. He don't, he, don't, he don't see what you used to be. He don't hear your voice. He hears the voice of his own son through the blood. Can we bow our hearts together this morning? Now listen, I know I've preached grace strong this morning. I know I've preached the blood strong this morning. And I, I pray, I pray you forgive me. I know it was simple. But I pray that you can hear the voice of the word this morning. I'm trying to tell you the blood speaks. The blood speaks. See, then it's not you speaking to the rock. It's the rock in you speaking back to the rock. And the prophet says, if you need life, speak to the rock. If you need joy, speak to the rock. If you need healing, speak to the rock. If you need the Holy Ghost, speak to the rock. Whatever you need, speak to the rock. He will bring forth his waters. That, do you believe that? What the church needs tonight is to get back on speaking terms with the rock. The rock of ages, Christ Jesus. God's smitten rock. That's God's rock. It's the salvation of God. That's still our commandment tonight. Whatever we have need of, speak to the rock. Use the name of the rock. And God will bring forth his waters out of the rock. I feel like I could run over 100 miles right now. Old brother, I know that smitten rock is laying right here now. Don't smite it anymore. Don't smite it anymore. Just speak to it. Just speak to the rock. And as you speak, it'll bring forth his waters. Do you believe that? Will you receive it? If there ever was a time that a man should speak, it's now. Friends, that rock that was in Israel and Egypt, that rock that was with Moses, that rock that was on the Red Sea, that rock that come walking on the water, that rock that was in Eden, that rock is right here in this, in this convention building in Holiday Inn this morning. You can speak to it. You can speak to it this morning. You need your child saved? Speak to the rock. 
You need strength in your body? Speak to the rock. You that are at home listening and you're sick in your bodies, that rock is right there in your living room. That rock is right there in your bedroom. You that's in the hospital, listen, that rock is right there. I, I'm going to say it this morning. I believe that rock is right there in that building with Brother Eugene this morning. That rock is wherever the sons and daughters of God are. And you got a right this morning by the blood, through the Spirit, to speak to that rock. I challenge that devil right now of condemnation. I bind that devil right now that says you can't speak. I bind that devil that's trying to remind you right now of your past and remind us of what we used to be. And I speak the word by the blood and say you're not a sinner and neither am I. You got a right this morning. It's your turn. It's your turn, word of life. It's your turn to speak. It's your turn, young man. It's your turn, young lady. Mama, it's your turn. Daddy, it's your turn. Grandparents, it's your turn it's your turn preachers it's your turn children now is your turn Moses spoke Israel spoke Joshua spoke Rahab spoke Martha spoke Lazarus spoke now it's your turn to speak do you need the Holy Ghost speak to that rock do you need healing speak to that rock almighty God in the name of Jesus Christ I raise up this rock out of history this morning I raise this rock up out of the pages of this Bible and out of the voice of the seventh angel I raise this rock up in this place as Jesus Christ and I present this rock to a perishing person I present this rock to a sick body. I present this rock to a defeated mind. I present this rock to a bound spirit. I present this rock to a dying loved one. I, re I present this rock, oh God. I present it to an empty vessel. I present it to a filthy vessel. I present this rock, Jesus Christ, and I encourage them this morning. I implore them by the blood, Lord, to look away from their symptoms, to look away from their conditions, to look away from their circumstances, to look away from their besetting sins, Look away from their habits. Look away from their strongholds because if they can just get their eyes on the rock and they can make eye contact with the rock, they can make a step towards the rock, they can speak to the rock, then that rock will begin to speak back to them. And as that rock begins to speak back, it'll say, go and sin no more. It'll say, you're made whole in the name of Jesus Christ. It'll say, you never done it in the first place. It'll say, you're justified and sanctified. That rock will speak better things. That that rock won't cry. That rock won't mutter words. That rock won't muffle up a few things. That rock will speak clearly. That rock will speak with articulate sounds. And this morning, dear God, if there be one here today that needs to speak to that rock and that old filthy Lucifer, that old squatter, that old devil has squatted upon the rights of the sons and daughters of God, this morning I, by the word of Almighty God, serve eviction notice upon that devil. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I say, Satan, take your hands off of God's property loose them and let them go loose their voice, loose their emotions loose their spirit, loose their mind loose their body from the affliction and let them get to the rock in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ Satan thou art defeated and you know it take your leave oh glory to God hallelujah 
Take your leave, Satan. The blood is against you. We're not talking to you this morning. We're not going to sit down and reason our way out of this situation with you. We're going to speak what the blood speaks. And the blood says we're saved. The blood says we're justified. The blood says we're sanctified. The blood says there's an atonement and a propitiation for our sins. The blood says our past is in the sea of forgetfulness. Listen, if you remember that this morning, then it's on your own conscience. If you try to hold somebody's past or their failures and their mistakes against them, it's on you. But I resent that judgmental devil. I resent that spirit of condemnation. And I say, let the blood speak for you. Quit trying to work it out. Quit getting all tore up and getting mad when somebody says something to you or they don't treat you right or they look at you different because of your past or the things you've been involved in. Listen, you got a right to put a smile on your face. You got a right to square your shoulders back. You got a right to say, God bless them. Listen, I'm not speaking for myself. The blood is speaking. The blood is speaking. The blood is articulating. The blood is speaking in freedom. The blood is speaking in unreservedness in speech. The blood speaks this morning. It's a powerful blood. It's an atoning blood. It's a forgiving blood. It's a bloody rock this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, wherever you are right now, I want you to just close your eyes and I want you to just raise your hands. As I look across this congregation right now, there's some, there's some sons and daughters of God speaking of that rock right now. I speak by the word through the spirit and the blood. There's some chains breaking right here this morning. There's some devils that's held and bound and tormented and inferiority complexes and all kinds of spirits. They're being pushed back this morning. They're being pushed back this morning because the blood is speaking. Listen, Andrew Glover don't have the microphone this morning. The blood is speaking through this microphone. The word is speaking over your family. The blood is speaking this morning. Hallelujah. Can you receive it? Can you accept the pardon offer? Can you accept that pardon offer? Can you let that thing go once and for all? Can you let it go this morning? Can you let it go to the sea of forgetfulness where it belongs? Can you rise in the pardon? Can you rise in the freedom of who you are? Can you receive this boldness this morning by the blood? Can you repent of that sin? Can you repent of that thing and let it go this morning? Listen, he's here this morning. He's moving all across this building. And this altar's open today. I believe the blood is in this building. The rock is in this building. I challenge you, I implore you, don't you let some devil rob you of this moment. Don't you let some devil back you out of this presence. You're in the presence of God by a divine promise. You're in the presence of God and you've got access into this presence. Don't you let the devil rob you of what you need right now. If you've got to step out and say, Satan, you're trying to buy me right here, but I'm walking up front and I'm putting my foot on that devil and I'm taking back my family. I'm taking back my joy. I'm taking back my healing. I've come to do business with the rock this morning. He's here. He's here. He's here. Speak to that rock right now. Speak to that rock. Speak to him. He'll free you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. That squatters, he's come in and taken residency upon you. But this morning, that squatter don't have no rights. The squatter don't have no rights. You know, really, this morning, I was hearing someone talk about it the other day. They said a squatter can come on a piece of property, set up on that property, and they can stay there for seven years 
And if they're not contested in seven years, they've got squatters' rights. So they legally can continue to exist on that property even though it's not theirs. Even though they don't have a title to it. Even though they don't have an abstract. But they got what they call squatters' rights. But then you go read Brother Branham. And Brother Branham says, that devil is a squatter. <laughs> you know what he says? He says, but he ain't got no rights. Then you know what that does? By the blood, that gives me a right right here in, in Holiday Inn this morning to contest the existence of that squatter upon every individual in this building. Satan, you might as well take your leave. You might as well get off of here. We're not backing down. We're not shutting up. Brother Donnie's going to keep on preaching. Brother Louie's going to keep on singing. We're going to keep on shouting. We're going to keep on believing. We're going to keep on pressing. We're going to keep on forgiving. We're going to keep on letting go and letting God have his way. We're going to keep on having upper room meetings. And some morning between six and nine, this meeting is going to turn into a meeting in the air. And there'll be no squatter there. There'll be no devil there. By the blood. You're in position this morning. Brother Harry, sing something in this atmosphere. I'll preach all day. Do you feel that pulsation of the blood this morning? Do you see the rock? Can you see the rock? Can you see him high and lifted up? Can you see him today? And if you can see him, you can speak to him. You can speak to him this morning. God bless you. If you need prayer this morning, the altar's open. You are here. Yes, you are. Moving in our Yes, you are, Lord. I worship you. I worship you. Just close your eyes. You are Forget about who's around you. The rock is here. Working in this Just slip your hands up to him. I worship you. Enter into his presence this morning. Receive a refreshing. Receive a release this morning. Moving in You're not a sinner. You're not approaching him as a sinner. Approach him as a purchase of the blood this morning. You are here. Working in this place. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are
promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working way maker miracle worker promise keeper Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You're my way maker, my miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. That is who you are. Mighty God is who God is who you are. My healer is who you are. My deliverer is who you are. My deliverer is who you are. My healer, that's who you are. My healer is who you are. You're my way maker, my miracle my promise keeper light in this dark world my god that is who you are oh my way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are 
Father, I hear it growing louder. It's the song of the redeemed. As the bride from every nation, she's awakening to sing. From our hearts there comes an anthem. Oh, hear our praises ring. This is a song to the King of kings. Let the worshipers arise. Let his sons and his daughters sing. I'm surrendering my all. I give to you my all, Lord. I surrender to the King. fellowship hall building brother Scotty Babb has set it up so those of you that have seen it there's a little odd looking thing right beside the door for those thus far that have been given a pass it's a little black looking card sort of like the size of a credit card you have to get it through with Scotty so I take my card whoever else has got one say for example I take my card and I lay it up on that little eye and once I do, I pull it back and my picture comes up and it says, Welcome, Donnie. The Lord Jesus has given you an access card. He can say, Welcome, Jim. Welcome, Ben. Welcome, sons and daughters. And you know what happens? I reach and grab a hold of that door. Now this week, it ain't been working. It's tore up. That's typical for anything man makes, ain't it? But I'm gonna tell you one thing. When the rapture happens some morning between six and nine, whatever it is, our time, we will have our token. And the Lord Jesus will say, welcome, John. Welcome whoever you are. And the heavens will open. And we will be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. Wasn't it awesome to be in his presence today? Sister Holly Kiplinger has been dealing with a real bad situation in her neck, several vertebrae, been dealing with a lot of pain. Barbara Andrew was preaching that a while ago. It come on my heart for us to agree together today that God is going to move for our sister. How many believes? Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I speak your healing word to our sister Holly. Lord, you see the pain that she's been dealing with, Lord, and you see what the doctors are doing and waiting to see a neurosurgeon. But we believe right now 
the greatest neurosurgeon that ever lived, can go right to where our sister is. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak your word over her. That word which is written by your stripes, she has already been healed. In the name of Jesus, touch our sister, Lord. Father, not only for her, but for other needs that are present here today. Dear God, in the name of Jesus Christ, would you heal the sick? Would you minister? I rebuke depression. I rebuke sadness. I rebuke besetting sin. And I say to you, you are a squatter and you have no rights to be on our property. Leave God's people in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for my little buddy, Brother Tim. You see, Lord, he had the flu and he was really sick. Lord, now he's been over the flu for several, several days, but one of his ears is still left stopped up and he can't hear. I speak to that right now in the name of Jesus. May it come open by the power of God. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, mighty God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, aren't you glad today, friends, we're not serving a dead God, an idol, but a living, resurrected Savior. Brother come. we so appreciate you being here today. Trust you received something from the Lord. I was just thinking about it this week. You young people, many of you, uh, like myself, you never got to be in Brother Branham's meetings, never got to see it. And that, naturally, it's always easier once the messenger's gone for Satan to try to attack it and all that. But we've got eyewitnesses among us, just to let you know. Brother Harvey Lunsford sitting right here, one of the elders of our church, was right there in those meetings. Brother Bobby Hayton, I sat and talked with him Wednesday night. Others, Brother Byron Palmer, is there any others here that was there in Brother Bram's meetings? Here, right here behind us, yep, Brother Manuel Wade. But we're not trying to give you something that's fictitious. These people were eyewitnesses of his glory. Brother Bobby Hayton told me the other night, he said, I was there, Brother Donnie, to be able to see those things. And he said, what makes it so wonderful is I see the same Lord Jesus doing the same things today. I thought that was awesome. Praise the Lord. Amen. He said, I consider myself to be so blessed to be able to see it both times when Brother Branham was here and now the bride is here. And now look, don't get, don't get to looking at one man and one ministry. It's a bride move. It ain't no you know, supernatural great guy that's gonna stand up and all the bride's gonna follow him. Brother, sister, our revival is pointing to Christ our Lord, not some man somewhere. God bless you. It's been awesome to be in the house of God today. Lord willing, we'll be gathered together again Wednesday night. we just come expecting to see what he's going to do. Uh, Lord willing, they're supposed to start paving tomorrow and uh, putting down our last coat of, of asphalt. And the builder told me uh, Thursday or Friday one that he's hoping that we might be able to get a certificate of occupancy within two weeks. So we're just praying these brothers is doing the work, work super fast and do a super good job. And we'll have a super good church when we get into a super wonderful time. Why not? We're serving a supernatural God. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's
just sing this little chorus as, as you dismissed this morning. Amen. Let's just tell him how great he is this morning. Oh, how great is our